Chapter 5. Trusting Something That Might Want to Eat Him The first thing Adam noticed when he awoke was the sound. He couldn't tell if his eyes were open or closed, but he heard the wild rush of water surrounding him. He felt like he did when he closed his eyes and dove into the pool at swim practice. The squeeze on his head, the slosh and roar of displaced water loud in his ears, and the black disappearing as he opened his eyes. It all felt familiar. And yet, not so much. The first thing he noticed when he dared open his eyes was he could see perfectly. Salt water rushed around him as if he were flying, even though the scuba mask which covered his eyes before he blacked out was now gone. Tiny bubbles bounced hard and fast against his skin, but he wasn't wet anymore. Pressure in his ears told him he was plunging deeper and deeper as the sea around him grew dark. Colors around him shifted from dancing white to midnight blue as he dropped deeper down, and the thoughts filling his mind. His brain raced as an instant headache formed. He shook his head, trying frantically to clear it of thoughts in a voice he didn't recognize. Ideas and rambling rants cluttered his brain. Adam's head began to throb with too much disorder. He closed his eyes and focused. He began to make a little sense of the jumble racing through his mind. These clear words attached to the thoughts that sounded unfamiliar, forcing his own ideas out of his brain. Yeah, that Phoebos and his obnoxious little urchins. I will kick him into the stinking Parthenon for this. Who does he think he is? Does he really think he can sick his spiky little minions on me and I won't fight back? Does he think I can be taken down by a bunch of bottom-dwelling pincushions? The rest of Adam's senses slowly returned. He still had no idea where he was, but he quickly became aware of one thing as he looked down and saw where he was. At that moment, he was riding the sea kelpie bareback along the ocean floor. His hands, tangled in its thick seaweed mane, gripped tightly as they surged forward. The kelpie's long tail wrapped around him, holding him right to its back like a reedy seatbelt. Water rushed over them, swooshing around them as they blasted through the water. He gasped for air when he realized how far under they were, but it hit him that he could breathe. He couldn't help himself. Wahoo! He whooped, closing his eyes and leaning close to the kelpie's back. He leaned his face against its muscular neck. His excited howl spurred the creature on. They shot low along the ocean floor, through crags and ridges in the black rock until they launched off the last bit of rock toward the center of the Malabar Hole. For one moment, they seemed frozen above the center of the abyss. Everything around him went from black to a blue so light it looked white, with scores of tropical fish dancing around them, chasing and circling around them. He tipped his head back and burst into laughter, and then the Kelpie dove straight down and into the heart of the Malabar Hole. Just as Adam thought how incredible it was that he'd survived, hadn't drowned yet, and escaped the sea urchins in pursuit, that same unfamiliar voice echoed through his head. Ah, don't get too excited, Lantrol. It's not over yet. Adam tried to sit up, surprised, when it hit him that those thoughts racing through his head belonged to the creature giving him the underwater roller coaster ride. What do you mean? He tried to say the words, but they vanished in bubbles as he spoke, so no sound came from his mouth. You didn't really think they would let us get away that easily? We have to hurry. The weakling little sea urchins tattled and went for help. We're in the clear now, but we have to find a place to hide out. They'll find us, and if you thought those little sea urchin spikes hurt, just you wait until Fevo sets his pack of dragonfish on you. 
What do you mean? Adam repeated, but the water again ripped the words from his mouth. Ah, holy mackerel, stop trying to talk underwater. Just think. Adam's brow furrowed. Think? Yes! Think, Landtroll. I can hear that better than those funky bubbles spilling out of your mouth right now. He shook his head to clear it. So, are you really a spike shot past them, grazing Adam's ear, piercing a green strand in the creature's tangled mane an inch from Adam's hand? He turned to look behind them. The sea urchins were back with reinforcements. Uh, introductions later! They're getting close! The kelpie dove straight down with an ear-shattering neigh, high and long, which rattled Adam's bones. His hands slipped, and he skidded to the side, but the kelpie quickly adjusted. It lurched the way he was slipping, and Adam slid back on. He managed to grip the kelpie with tightly squeezed knees while he grabbed tighter to its mane. When his heart stopped pounding at the thought that he nearly slipped off the thing that somehow made it so he could breathe underwater without any scuba gear, he saw mermaids and mermen. They emerged from the gray cliffs that made up the edge of the hole. Armed with tridents, they raced up while the kelpie surged down. Adam couldn't tell how fast they sped as the light vanished. He couldn't see around them anymore, but the water still surged over and around him, bubbles pelting his skin like tiny pinpricks as they picked up speed. He'd never gone so fast. His mind raced when he remembered what he'd read about sea kelpies. In his mythology books, these creatures lured unsuspecting humans to the water, and then dove down with them to the bottom of the sea to drown their victims and eat them. Maybe I'm lunch, or maybe I'm still blacked out and I'm just hallucinating all this. Lack of oxygen is messing with my brain, he thought. Now don't flatter yourself, land troll. Humans are too chewy for my taste. As Adam considered whether he should be relieved or insulted, a golden light blinded him. The Kelpie turned a corner in the deep, dusky water and rocketed straight at a set of wooden gates built into the illuminated rock. A golden pyramid beamed with white light at the top of a carved arch. Adam let go of the mane and threw his arms up to protect himself from the collision. Hey! he shrieked, waiting for the crash. Hang on! Ah, oh, what's wrong with you? Are you trying to get yourself killed? Adam reached forward and grabbed the mane again. It took him that split second to realize, if he let go, the water began racing down his throat and into his lungs, squeezing his head with all the pressure of the water above. The weight of the water above would crush him in seconds. Without slowing down, the Kelpie barreled headlong toward the tall wooden gate, only turning to dive straight down and under the rocks into a tiny crevice the moment before collision. Adam's vision went black again, and suddenly he found himself kneeling on gritty gray ground next to a small pool of water with the Kelpie panting next to him. Adam lowered himself to the ground and rolled over. He stared up at a tiny white dot of light that seemed miles above him, and then around at the dripping stalactites, plunging down from the sloped stone ceiling as his eyes adjusted to the faint blue light. After he caught his breath, he moved so he could lie on his side, resting his head on his bent arm so he could study the creature who saved him. So, you're a Kelpie.